Good Bone Health makes active aging possible. Join us for inspiring conversations from diverse perspectives in osteoporosis, from patients, healthcare providers, caregivers, policymakers, researchers, advocates, and innovators. Protect your ability to live your best life. The information and opinions expressed in Bone Talk are not intended to replace the services of trained and qualified health professionals or to be a substitute for medical advice of physicians. You may review the National Osteoporosis Foundation's full medical disclaimer at nof.org. Hello, I'm delighted to be with you. This is Elizabeth Thompson, the CEO of the National Osteoporosis Foundation. I'm absolutely delighted to introduce Barbara Hannah Grufferman, a nationally recognized advocate for positive living and the author of Love Your Age, The Small Step Solution to a Better, Longer, Happier Life, published by National Geographic and AARP. Barbara is a contributor to Huffington Post, Thrive Global, and AARP, and has appeared on many television and radio shows. She was most recently a guest on Live with Kelly and Ryan to talk about aging beautifully. Barbara travels around the country speaking to groups about health, nutrition, career, fitness, sex, and other topics related to positive and healthy aging. We're honored and delighted that she is a board member of the National Osteoporosis Foundation. Today, she serves as our secretary and treasurer. I can't wait to get started on our call today. Barbara, I'm delighted to have this opportunity to talk with you today. Let's talk about osteoporosis and what it is and why so many people are unaware of this disease. Liz, thank you so much for having me on to talk about this incredibly important issue and the terrible disease that really more people should be talking about. So I'm glad we're having this discussion. Uh, well, first of all, what is osteoporosis? Well, osteoporosis, simply stated, is a disease of the bones where our bones get weaker and thinner. And that's certainly true as we get older and for women, especially once we go through menopause, lose estrogen, it kind of speeds up the process. But the most important thing is, well, what happens as a result of that? Well, if you fall, you're at much greater risk of breaking a bone. And in fact, NOF states that about half of all women over 50 will break a bone due to osteoporosis. And it's so serious, it's even deadly. In fact, each year in the U.S., about 300,000 hip fractures occur. Think about that. And a lot of those people who experience hip fractures don't make it through to, for another year. They often die as a result of this. But very often, even if they don't, even if they continue to live, their lives are changed forever. And I have to tell you, it's also very, very costly. People don't realize this. In 2018 alone, 52 billion, did you hear that? <laughs> $52 billion was due to osteoporosis-related bone breaks. It's just in, an incredibly serious, dangerous, even deadly disease, and it's so common, as I said, like I said, half of all women will break a bone because of it, and about one in four men. But the good news, I always like to bring up the good news, right, Liz? What's there? Right, so that's what it is. Yeah. Now, what's the good news here? The good news is 
One, it's usually preventable. I mean, you know, there are some risk factors such as genetics that you need to know what they all are. Usually preventable, but it's very, very treatable. And that's the good news. And that's what we want to make sure people know about. One, to start thinking about their bones in a much more serious way and earlier in life. But again, it's never too late. But two, to know that, well, okay, if your bones are weaker than they should be, and if you are breaking bones, there's help. You just need to start a dialogue with your doctor. That is great. Thanks, Barbara. One in two women and one in four men. The numbers are really staggering about how common this disease is, yet we're just not talking about it. One of the things that I so admire about you is how you're telling your own bone story as part of a national crusade, really, for healthy aging. Would you share that story with us? I will. I, I love talking about this story because it's really so common. And it really, I think, very clearly depicts what so many people experience. And here's my quick story. I was walking my dog one day, just about mm, around when I turned 50. And I tripped. I just tripped. I don't even know what I tripped on. And I ended up, I went to the ER and I did break my wrist. And it got wrapped up and dealt with, and I was sent home uh, saying, oh, you know, come back in six weeks just to have the cast taken off and, and the like. No one, now I was postmenopausal, I was a woman over 50, and I had just broken a bone. For, for a very short fall, by the way. I hadn't fallen off the side of the house when you know, I was like doing something on a ladder. I fell a very short distance, so I shouldn't have really broken a bone. Truly. So it wasn't until a few months later when I went for my annual physical with my wonderful PCP, primary care physician, where he then said, oh, I'm not happy that you broke a bone. Why didn't you tell me? You didn't tell me. I want to know why you broke that bone. And he sent me for my very first bone density test, my DEXA test. Now, luckily, we do have this very important diagnostic tool at our disposal to see if we do, in fact, have osteoporosis or, as in my case, low bone density, because that's what my DEXA test showed. So a very, very good doctor sent me for this bone density test. And then together, in partnership, we came up with a plan so that I would take action very simple steps, mind you, to make sure that my bones didn't get even more weak and thin as I got older, like to do everything I could to make sure I, I maintained my current bone density, which again was low bone density, not yet osteoporosis. And that included things like increasing my vitamin D, my calcium-rich foods. But the big part for me was, because I hadn't really been exercising much at that point, living life, having a family, working, who has time, right? That's what we always say. So I mm -hmm. ended up doing also strength training exercises, which, which became crucial to my overall health and well-being and to up to now at the age of 62, almost 12 years later, I have been able to maintain more or less my level of bone density because of all of these very simple, healthy lifestyle changes that I made. 
Congratulations, Barbara. You really are someone for us to admire. You faced a problem head on, talked with your doctor, and made a plan. Why do more people need to be like you and stand up and share their story and stand up for bone health? You know, it's an interesting thing. I, I'm also speaking, uh, I think, on behalf of so many women when I say this, but osteoporosis, it has a, like a bum rap. It has a PR problem. <laughs> you know, it, 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 women, women and men both, but women more so don't like to talk about the idea of aging you know, aging in general, and anything that kind of, kind of is connected to aging. Osteoporosis is known as a disease that really affects older people more, which is true. I mean, your bones are much weaker when you're 80 than when you're 20. We know this to be true. But, and of course, and if you fall when you're 80, it's going to be much more disastrous than when you're 20. Okay, we know all of this. So it's like one of those things that I feel has stopped a lot of us from talking about it because it's so deeply connected to aging in general. So that's, that's number one. But we have to start talking about it for a lot of reasons. One, I mean, I mentioned some of the stats before. It's common. It can be deadly. And if it's not deadly, it's going to be life-changing. Another quick story, Liz, if you don't mind, a personal story. Please. Okay, my mother, who is now 82, living in about 350 miles away from me, I'm in New York, she's in Virginia Beach, she was living in her own beautiful home, and I frequently visit, and a, a little over a year ago, we were all there visiting, my husband and daughters and I, and she, I heard a loud bang, and I, my heart stopped. And it reverberated throughout the house. And I went running into oh. her bathroom and she was sprawled out on the floor in her bathroom. She had just lost, she lost her balance. I mean, it was that simple. She didn't trip on anything. She lost her balance and fell. Long story short, she did break her hip. She had emergency surgery. Now, again, this is a woman who a little over a year ago was living in her own home, a Three flights, that's her house, beautiful house. And now she's living in assisted living. We have to have two rotating caregivers from the outside to help. She cannot move from A to B without a walker. And uh, she has fallen several times since. And all of her other health issues that she already had prior to this have all gotten more severe accelerated. The point is her life is forever changed. And quite frankly, so is mine. I'm visiting more frequently. I'm constantly, when the phone rings, I wonder, is it, <laughs> you know, is it the ER calling again to say she's there? This is something that each and every one of us should want to avoid. And this has been a big factor in my reassessing my own lifestyle. All right, you know, I made all those lifestyle changes back when I told you, told you the story about falling and breaking yeah. my, my arm. And well, now that I'm 62 and this happened with my mother, I did a complete reassessment again to make sure that I was doing everything possible to keep my bones strong so that I can be mobile, 
and independent for really as long as possible. And that should be everyone's goal. Thank you for sharing that story, Barbara. I think one of the interesting things is as we talk with people about what's really important to them, this generation of people, especially if they're over 75, they've lived through tremendous wars. They may have lived through cancer. They've survived and thrived in many different conditions in life. The thing that's most important to them is to maintain their independence and their mobility for as long as they can. Yes. Not living with children, not going to assisted living, not being a burden to other people, and most importantly, having direction and consideration over their life choices. And so thank you so much for sharing that story about your mom. And as sister caregiver, mm -hmm. my yes, heart is with you knowing Oh, by the really way, Liz, if I can just go right into that for a moment. You and I both are very much involved, and I know with your father, and for me it's my mother, and, and guess what? We are so not alone. We are part of the majority of caregivers in America, mostly women, mostly women who have their own families, who have their own jobs and careers, and this is uh, growing. Almost 70 million Americans are serving as volunteer caregivers, if you can imagine that. That's going to increase, of course, because everyone's living longer and due to you know, the wonderful medical care that we do have across the board. This is a reality. And that's another reason why I try so hard to encourage women in particular to really take care of themselves because there's another issue at play. Not only is it about you being able to live your best life for as long as possible and be mobile and independent as long as possible, but there's another aspect to our lives that we have to kind of come to terms with. And that is, it's not just about us. It's about everybody else in our lives, that we have to also be strong enough to be there for the others in our life, our aging parents, our children who still need us, you know, your partner. And this, this is just the reality of our lives. So well said. And for those of you listening in, we are going to have Barbara back and we're going to do an entire episode on caregiving. So please stay tuned for that. That I think will be really, really interesting. One of the things that you've touched on several times in a couple of different ways, Barbara, is this gray tsunami that's up upon us. Time Magazine's written about it. Of course, many others have written about it. Here at NOF, we're working with Milliman to create an economic report for what this looming tsunami, gray tsunami, will mean in terms of economics for osteoporosis. At the top of your remarks, you gave the numbers related to how much it costs us to care for hip fracture patients. And of course, that's a jaw-dropping number. But when we think about that cost covering all of fracture types, knowing that that's just going to go up exponentially, if people don't get their bone density test and get on 
a lifestyle treatment plan because that is also a treatment plan and appropriate medication, we are just going to see a societal issue that is going to explode. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts about how we respond to these challenges and what could our listeners do? Oh, Liz, it's really, <laughs> I'm a very positive person, but in, you know, in these dark moments, sometimes I think about that issue, that issue, the tsunami that is looming. And I really wonder, is, is our country ready? Are we really ready? Are we really paying enough attention to all of this? And I worry about that very, very much. But the thing about this is we do have the diagnostic tool available to us, as we said before, the DEXA, the bone density test. But 80%, the vast majority of people who come in with a broken bone, especially those like me, postmenopausal, broken bone, aren't tested. Again, no one in that ER or with the doctor I went to see who wrapped up my arm even better than the ER did, no one mentioned getting a DEXA test. And that's just wrong. That's Mm -hmm. wrong because so many fractures could be avoided. And we do know that people who fracture, who fall and fracture, they are more at risk to fracture again. And possibly the next one could be even more serious. This is a huge problem that we have in our country. And also something else, too, that is very, very important to point out, which I didn't mention before. I did tell you my story about, you know, luckily at the age of 62, I'm still in that kind of situation where my doctor is like, okay, we're looking at you, meaning if things get worse, if my bones get weaker to the point where they think I need medication, I am absolutely going to take that medication, whichever medication is recommended. And luckily, we have few excellent medications that are available to us. So this is, I think, very important for people to point out. That's a like I said, the osteoporosis has like, in general, has like a little PR issue. Well, so do some of the drugs that treat osteoporosis. And that's something that really needs to be discussed as well. Thank you, Barbara. And just as a reminder for our listeners, if you are a woman over the age of 65, your bone mineral density testing, your DEXA test is covered by Medicare. If you're a man over 70, your DEXA test is covered by Medicare. And we would really encourage you when you go in for your annual physical and your physician writes a prescription for your mammogram to say to him or her, hey, what about my DEXA test? What about my BMD test? If you, and especially if you haven't had a baseline. If you've had a baseline and that's three or five years old, we'd really urge you to talk with your physician about that. And maybe it's time to find out if your number has changed. One of the things that we're really highlighting is know your number because that's really, really important relative to bone health. And not thanks, only that, Barbara. Liz, I just wanted to point out not only know your number, that's super important so you have that baseline, but also know what your risks are. Everybody should yes. really understand yes. what their risks are. And they're very simple, certainly with a lot of different diseases, your genetics, 
right, can play a part if your mother or father had osteoporosis. If you're a, more of a small-boned person, petite, you're, you have a, you're at greater risk. Drinking too much alcohol, I mean, those are lifestyle changes, but there definitely are risk factors that you should know about. And one of the best places to go to find out all about that and getting the details is the website, www.nof.org to make sure you know what they are and then you're doing everything you can to those that you can fix. Something else I always like to, when I give talks about this or write about it, people can get overwhelmed. You know, we mentioned several times about our lack of time in working out or taking care of ourselves. I totally get that. So I don't telling people to go on a program to address a specific specific issue or, or a health concern like bone density. And I do like to say, but you know what? Here's some really good news. Don't get overwhelmed because what's good for your bones is good for your brain, is good for your heart, is good for your weight management, is good for almost everything from head to toe. And that's really important. That makes people feel a little bit more, oh, okay, I can do this. I can do this. <laughs> that is very well said. And as one of the themes of this conversation has been the importance of being a multi-generation caregiver and care provider, what can we do as mothers and fathers, grandmothers and grandfathers, aunts and uncles, to educate and prepare the younger generation against osteoporosis? Oh, there's so much we can be doing, whether you're a, a you know, grandparent or a parent or an aunt, as you said. You know, there's so much you can be doing to impart this knowledge on the next generation. And I really feel I'm doing my part when I'm writing things. And hopefully, they, you know, not just the menopausal, postmenopausal women are seeing it, but maybe they're sharing it, but also with my own daughters. I have two daughters in their 20s. I have two millennials. As soon as I understood what was going on with my bones, back when I, you know, had that fall and, and the rest is history for me, when I realized that, I then started to share that knowledge with my girls. So they were still quite young. This is 12 years ago. And as it turns out, we now know that our bodies are at their strongest, that our bones are at their most dense. So we call that peak bone mass in our late 20s, late 20s, early 30s. And then we do start to lose bone density each year after that. And so it's important that we encourage parents and children and schools to, and anybody having to do with youth, to have them focus on the calcium that they're ingesting and the exercise that they're getting. These are all so critical. And lifestyle, of course, lifestyle. You know, we don't want them smoking. We don't want them drinking too much. <laughs> when they're in college, what can you do? But I mean, this mm -hmm. is really, really, really super important. Again, I always like to say, because I do tend to focus more on the positive whenever I can. I always say that it's never too late. I mean, really, I'm a walking, breathing example of that. I was doing nothing up until I turned 50. Maybe I was lucky. Okay. And, but then I did start doing something. I did start doing what was right for my body. And okay, so far, so good. But 
Do I wish that I had started all of these things a little earlier? Yes, I do. Absolutely. And so I'm making sure that my daughters do. And they did. So as part of my overall lifestyle change back when I turned 50, I also started running. Running, as it turns out, is very good and effective way to keep our lower body bones dense. And, and that's my chosen passion for, for exercise along with, uh, you know, push-ups and the like for my upper body. And my, one of my daughters has followed suit and she does cross country for college, but also ran her very first marathon last month. And I was so very proud. And she does push-ups and she does all, and so does my other daughter. So I feel very, satisfied <laughs> that I'm doing my part and I hope everyone who's listening will will do the same and make sure that they impart this wisdom on their on the next generation wherever they can that is wonderful and what a testament to the two younger women in your family to grow up with a mother who really at during their peak bone mass years, was such a champion for their bone health, overall health, I'm sure. And then now to really be able to partner with your daughters in their bone health as they move into their 20s and beyond. That's a wonderful family story. As we come to the close today, Barbara, what are two things that our listeners need to learn today or take home from our conversation about osteoporosis? Know your numbers. I mean, you said it so perfectly, Liz. Know your numbers. Really know your numbers. Get that baseline, certainly if you're over 65. Absolutely if you have fallen and broken something. Absolutely. Get that DEXA test. Talk with your doctor about your risk factors. And it's never too late never too early either to start embracing those healthy habits, those lifestyle. And, and they're, they're simple. These are not complicated things. Lifestyle changes so that you will be much better prepared for your future. And I think that that's really, your eyes should be focused on that. What can you be doing now so that you have a much, much better, better chance of having a fabulous tomorrow. And I think that really includes exercising and making sure that strength training is a part of that. And you can, again, do simple things in your own home like push-ups, the plank, the squat, eating enough calcium. And if you're not eating enough calcium, then making sure you supplement and talk with your doctor, making sure you supplement with vitamin D. It's very hard to get that from food, as we all know and know your risk factors. And just remember that one of my favorite things to say, and I always like to end most of what I talk about with this, because it's so true. We can't control getting older, but we can control how we do it. That is wonderful. Thank you, Barbara. And for those of you listening in and are inspired by this, wonderful advocate for bone health, truly a passionate dynamic leader. I really would encourage you to order her book, Love Your Age, The Small Step Solution to a Better, Longer, Happier Life, again, published by National Geographic and AARP. It will arm you with these 
wonderful little daily lessons that you can use and incorporate to having that healthy, dynamic life that you so richly deserve and want to have. And in the book, Barbara has the wonderful coaching voice, just as she you heard her today, and that really comes through in the book. So if you didn't get enough in the podcast today and you want more, that's a wonderful resource. Barbara, thank, thank you, you so much for your knowledge, your leadership, and your passion, and for helping our listeners understand more about osteoporosis today, telling your story, telling the story of a caregiver, telling your mom's story, telling the story of your daughters. This really is a multi-generational disease, and you gave wonderful examples about how through the life cycle, we can embrace where we are and make positive changes going forward. I would really encourage our listeners to become educated and to act. Barbara talked several times about knowing your risk factors and the importance of talking to your physician about your bone health. We'd also really ask that you share your story. You heard Barbara beautifully tell hers. We need to collect more stories and raise the profile of osteoporosis. So please go to nof.org and share your story. And we'd also, of course, want to make sure that you know there's a wealth of information on the National Osteoporosis Foundation website at nof.org. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye. Thank you for joining Bone Talk, the National Osteoporosis Foundation's podcast that shares information, strategies, and inspiration about good bone health that makes active aging possible. To learn more about bone health, to become involved and or help fuel NOF's mission with financial support, visit nof.org.